Welcome to Sport Faith Life with Brian Bolt and Chad Carlson, two guys who came together with one common purpose, to think deeply about sport and faith. They are sports scholars, they're coaches, and they're competitive athletes, or at least they were. And together, they've created Sport Faith Life, a conversation that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. Welcome to Sport Faith Life. This episode is a milestone, the 100th episode. My name is Emily Dock, and I have the privilege to talk with Dr. Brian Bolt and Dr. Chad Carlson today. So yes, you will hear their familiar voices, but things are going to be a little bit different. First, why I'm here. I work at Kelvin University with Brian and back in 2019 was able to help these guys behind the scenes with an international conference on sport and faith. This was the stepping stone into the podcast. So we're going to go back a little bit and start at the beginning to give you an inside look into this podcast. But The guys usually get to ask the questions, and today, they have to answer them. So guys, let's get your voices in here to say hello and begin by you telling us about sport in your life. It's so much more fun to ask the question for me, I got to say, but excited to answer. I think I have a lot to answer, actually. So basketball, as you probably know, I haven't been shy about mentioning basketball in my life, played basketball, coached basketball played soccer, continue to play as best I can. Intramural season is going on right now at Hope College. We have a faculty team. It's wonderful to do that. Played and coached tennis in my life, uh, stand-up paddleboarding, pond hockey, pickleball. I watch a ton of football, so I feel like I know that fairly well, but just as a bystander. And I watch and coach all my kids' sports. So it it keeps me pretty busy. Sport in my life, that's that's pretty central. Yeah, I think my story is going to be similar to Chad's in that my love affair with sports started early and it just keeps going. I have evolved quite a bit. You cannot really find a sport that I don't like. There are some that I am not good at, uh, but for sure, I wanted to play everything. I was pretty disappointed as a kid when I had to choose a sport in a season. So if I played football, American football, I couldn't play soccer. If I played baseball, I couldn't play tennis. So I wanted to play everything all the time, anything with a ball. Uh, So it was exciting for me to be able to turn that into a career in some ways. Uh, I played uh, team sports in high school. Football and basketball and baseball were my loves. I played baseball and basketball in college. And so people might be wondering, I talk a lot about golf. And I sort of came back uh, backwards into golf. Uh, When I went to graduate school, I convinced the director that I could teach golf classes, which was a complete lie. But I went out there and got access to the golf course, which is fantastic, to the driving range, to the practice area. And instead of going to class, well, I went to class, but instead of uh, actually studying, I worked on my golf game. And so I developed uh, that sport much later in life. I got excited about it started giving lessons, doing camps, those sorts of things. And when I became a professor at Calvin University, about uh, 10 years into my career as a professor, they said, would you like to coach the golf team? And I said, well, I've never coached the golf team. I have not hit a shot that has mattered. So I've never played tournament golf, but sure, I'll give it a shot. And so that was 20 years ago. And uh, I thought maybe I'll give it a try for a year or two. 
uh, I just love to coach. I'm competitive. I love to try to figure out how to improve individual players, also how to set a context and make a team thrive. And so that experience to me continues. I continue to coach now at the collegiate level and play as many sports as I possibly can um, at my ripe old age. <laughs> now, one of the things I value about you vo both um, is hearing your voice in the integration of sport and faith. So many of us have a sports story. So many of us have a faith story. But oftentimes, as you talk about merging those two, it's not always as easy. So you've given us the sports side. Give me a little bit about this faith component in your life. So I'm grateful that I grew up in a Christian home. Um, that ebbs and flows for everyone. There's a certain point in your life where it becomes your own faith. I've had some really significant moments in my life that I'm also grateful for where I felt uh, uniquely touched by God or spoken to by God. And that has those pretty limited but powerful moments have, have made uh, significant impacts in my life. As it relates to sport, uh, I started to start study sport as an academic discipline, uh, but was always encouraged to include my faith. And so one of the first things I did, I, I was quite critical of sport early in my career when I was thinking about this integration. There's a lot of things when you look at sport, you start to wonder, um, is this a good way for a Christian to spend their time uh, to give their passion to? I was heavily influenced by uh, Dr. Cheryl Hoffman. I knew him in graduate school. And so he took a really uh, critical view of sport, even though he was also a lover of sport. And so that was kind of my, those were my early days and trying to figure out this integration. Um, just personally uh, getting uh, connected to really good churches, to really good small groups that would push me uh, were a big part of my life. Um, when I uh, traveled once to the Philippines, I had kind of a moment where uh, I went hard searching after God and asking big questions. And that was one of the moments where, where God spoke to me audibly. And and I it was just a, uh, a life-changing kind of moment. I've had a few more since then, uh, and I'm grateful for those. As I work with athletes, I'm always very respectful of the space that they're in. At the same time, I recognize the value of the relationship I'm creating through sport and my opportunities to push them intellectually, to push them relationally, uh, to get them to consider things beyond themselves. And my faith drives all of those things. And so uh, I've looked very carefully at uh, sport in the youth setting. Uh, and so that is a, an interest area of mine and certainly sport in an educational setting. So all of those things are uh, a part of how I combine my faith with uh, my daily life. Chad, how about you? Yeah, I, I love how how Brian sort of takes a, it feels like you take a pastoral approach to, to what you do, that there's just something that's, you know, fundamentally um, formative about uh, faith in your life and the way that you share that with others. I've always appreciated that. You know, for me, I guess I want our listeners to know that the school that, uh, that Brian and Emily work at and school that I work at actually stem from the same theological tradition, even though the, the, the two colleges, uh, sorry, the two universities Sorry, one university, one college actually <laughs> represent two different denominations, but they're actually sibling denominations that just came from a unique and, and morally based schism um, about 150 years ago. And so uh, we come from similar traditions. My my background is is very similar to, to Brian's. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm studying these faith traditions right now and the ways in which 
these these similar moral and theological frameworks between the the denomination that sprouted Calvin University and that which sprouted Hope College, um, you know, uh, uh, took on sports and, and allowed sports to occur and how that developed into a rivalry between the, the two schools and, and their denominations. But I, I grew up in, in the church, um, went to a church that was very liturgically based and uh, had a number of wonderful people that cared deeply about me and my development, but it just didn't catch my heart. And, and really what did was young life yeah, when I was in high school, I uh, spent a lot of time in the Young Life organization, went to a lot of camps, went to a Christian college then and uh, became a Young Life leader myself and thought I was going to go into ministry doing Young Life work and was actually called out of that. I, I heard a very clear voice my junior year of college. Uh, and in fact, it was my my basketball coach who was saying, uh, don't go into ministry, come coach with me and you can still impact lives. And so that was really impactful on my life and and changed kind of the trajectory of what I saw myself doing. Mm-hmm. So you're helping us understand more about both of you spiritually, athletically, um, and my hunch is for the people who are listening, they have listened to many of these podcasts. They're a fan. They're coming back to be nourished in many ways. Um, but for them, and maybe for the person that's tuning in for the first time, can you give us something that's unique about you? You can make it fun. You can make it seriously or serious within this sport faith vein. Give me something unique that when I think of Brian Bolt or Chad Carlson, that I'm, it's going to come to the forefront of my mind. So we had a guest on pretty early in this podcast named Tracy Hansen, uh, co-founder, director, I'm sorry, director and founder of the Tracy, Tracy Hansen Initiative, where she she does ministry and and wellness work and therapy work with with pro golfers. Uh, fascinating person. But when we asked her this question, she said that she's been on a lifelong quest to find the best chocolate chip cookie ever. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, that's really, that's really cool. It's really interesting. Maybe I should have a quest like that. No, you know what? I'm complete with my quest. Uh, my quest was as a child to find the best ice cream made. And I, I have the answer and it's obvious. And anyone that thinks differently, I will fight. But Baskin Robbins mint chocolate chip ice cream is hands down the best ice cream that you can have. I used to buy that stuff in high school and college by the quart and eat an entire quart in one sitting. Baskin Robbins uh, unfortunately in our area are few and far between now. So I don't get that ice cream very much, but I guess, um, my health thanks them for not having any store locations, uh, near Holland. Uh, so it's just, it's not healthy, but I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's the best. Food's the best. Dr. Bolt beat that. Well, I'm lactose intolerant, so, uh, I'm out, <laughs> I'm out on that. Um, Actually, I, I I do love ice cream. It just doesn't love me back. So I'll I'll just pass on that one. So my uh, sort of peculiar thing is that I'm definitely a sports person, but because of my role in physical education as a teacher, uh, I was asked in my first collegiate placement uh, to teach ballroom dance, and I said I really have two left feet uh, and have no no rhythm whatsoever. And uh, you've picked the wrong person. And they said, tough, it's your job. And so I threw myself into it and had to teach myself rhythm. In fact, my uh, first daughter was born. And to put her to sleep, I had to walk around the table playing Neil Diamond, trying to figure out how to step to the beat. Uh, Eventually, I kind of got into it and uh, started to learn to waltz and to cha-cha. I know how to, to tango. Uh, and to swing dance. And I've taught uh, probably hundreds of people to do that. Now, I'm a really poor example. It's a great example of how you can 
learn something later in life, uh, acquire it, teach it. You don't have to be an expert. And I guess I love that about sport. I tend to do that. I try to pick things up that uh, I don't know how to do. I like to get to a level of competence, almost to the level of mockery, and then just continue on. Um, so uh, I, I ballroom dance, kind of strange. Thank you. I have a really great mental image going on right that now. That hurts, doesn't That's... it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let me let, thank you both. Let me bring you back to the podcast because we're going to talk a little bit about how this thing got started. And dare I take credit for this? Because back mm. when the conference was starting, I mean, I kind of feel like I was the one that nudged it and said, I think that would be a great idea. And there was a pause. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. So you can slam me and tell me it wasn't me. But how did the podcast start? Yeah, so I will blame you for sure. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Emily, if she sounds really comfortable on the microphone, she started her career in media. In fact, uh, local news. She was one of those people uh, going on site to talk about the, the you know, the cakewalk, the uh, uh, the opportunity to for you to join something in the community or she was doing hard hating news. So because she was very comfortable in front of a micro microphone, she thought maybe we would be too. And we're a bunch of uh, uncomfortable introverts, but we gave it a shot. Uh, I, it's impossible to talk about the podcast without talking about the conference. And so just briefly, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Nick Watson and a colleague um, kind of launched the idea of having a global gathering of academics, scholars, and practitioners who are interested in sport and Christianity all in one room. And he pulled this off back in 2016. And I remember being in a pub in England uh, during this, and he, he invited me out. He, he actually paid for my drink, which is you know shocking, and then uh, said, we'd like you to host the next one. So that was uh, a panic moment for me. But I decided to go ahead and take that on. I quickly uh, asked Chad if he would join me. And the two of us worked on the next conference. And it's around that time that we thought a good way to promote this would be to start a podcast. And so I remember our first one, we had uh, sort of a single uh, light bulb mic right in front of us. And uh, we both had to speak into it. It was We were a little too close for comfort. Uh, quite uncomfortable uh, the whole time. And, and if you listen to that first episode, you'd notice that. Uh, but that's how it's it started, and now a hundred episodes in, um, it's been it's been great fun. Yeah. Now the name, right? We had a conference that kind of egged this on, but the name. How did you land on that, Chad? We started actually calling it Dig Deep, the Sport Faith Life Podcast. And and by the way, Emily, I'll echo uh, Brian's thoughts. You you absolutely were the impetus for this, and for that we we thank you, and and our listeners uh, we should thank you as well. Sport Faith Life uh, is a name that that we changed it to after the conference. So we were we were doing the Dig Deep podcast on sport, faith, and life, and it was a simple name, and it identified what we were after, trying to dig deeper into uh, issues related to sport and Christianity. And after the conference, it just seemed like uh, we were looking for something maybe even more fundamental to all this. So while we interviewed some guests certainly before the podcast, this really became an interview based podcast after the Congress. And it just felt like sport faith life was the right phrase. And I, I'll say that for two reasons. Um, first was Brian's book that that came out called sport faith life. And, and his book, I think gets at the essence of, of what he's all about and really what, what we're after here 
at Sport Faith Life, which is just sort of thinking, uh, taking a common sense approach to thinking about sport and Christianity, the intersection between those two things in a way that oftentimes gets glossed over by either the fervor for sport or the fervor for Christianity. And so Sport Faith Life feel, felt like uh, a good title to sort of take uh, from Brian's book. And secondly, I think the the audience that we wanted and, and the interviewees that we wanted were coming from such different areas that it was all walks of life, really. And so this seemed to make the most sense. This isn't a podcast where we're just as professors talking to other professors who are doing scholarship on sport and Christianity, nor is it uh, uh, us as coaches talking to just other coaches and athletes, nor is it us as Christians talking to other Christians or those doing ministry work. Instead, it's it's bringing all of those groups together. And Sport Faith Life felt like a perfect title to to incorporate the entirety of the community that was that's been growing from these congresses. Mm-hmm. Now, you two are both busy people. You have work, you have sport, you have families, you have church, you have all these things. Um, putting a podcast on, many people don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes. So share with me a little bit about the nuts and bolts from how you come up with different topics. You're obviously at 100. That's a lot of content. Um, uh, who drives this? How, how do you get to the next episode? So that's evolved certainly through the years because we've had um, busier times in both of our lives. And uh, for sure, this is uh, a labor of love. Uh, we're not, uh, YouTube is not sending us money all the time, uh, <laughs> but you're welcome to. Anyone out there is welcome to send us money. Uh, what we have decided is that uh, it's just a great opportunity to build our network. And so one of the things that Chad and I do often is just project out the year and talk about who we've met, uh, who's coming out with new information, what are some of the ministries, maybe the sport ministries that we have not yet connected with, and that's how we start to build our list. Chad takes the lead role in reaching out, so he uh, does a good job of, of making that first connection. Often, we don't know the person, and so we're reaching out, trying to connect. Maybe we've heard uh, or had uh, a referral from someone So what we do is briefly explain what's going on and invite them to come on the podcast. It's it's really quite simple. Uh, The podcast itself, we uh, don't script out. So we've had a number of podcasts or listeners that have asked, "Do do you guys script this out? And Chad and I think about it for sure, but we do not talk about it ahead of time. And I think that gives it a little bit of its sort of impromptu flavor gives us an opportunity to ask questions. It's really helpful, I think, when we're interviewing a guest uh, to have two of us. So when Chad's asking a question, I'm listening carefully to the answer and able to then have a little bit of time to uh, extend the conversation. Uh, I take the audio. I learned enough on Adobe Audition to be able to put that together. Uh, We have an intern that sort of helps us uh, work on uh, getting that produced and put into um, a format that can be distributed on, on the website, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and so on. So all of that is just sort of a group effort. It's sort of off our side drawer in our other jobs, but we, I think we both uh, really appreciate it, love it. And every time that I look back at the list of guests, I'm just, uh, I'm thrilled that I've been able to connect with all of these people and figure out what they're doing in the world of sport and faith. Chad, what did he forget? Anything? I would say 
No, outside of the fact that the location has changed a little bit. And that's been a fun part of this podcast as well. Brian talked about the first one that we did, which was we actually met at a at a church that's kind of uh, equidistant between where between our two colleges. And and that was great, but we didn't think we'd be able to get that, you know, week after week. And so then we we actually uh, recorded a number of episodes in Brian's parents' basement, which which is a blast to think about. It was also kind of equidistant between yeah. between our, our two colleges. But, you know, to think about what it sounded like, well, it probably sounded a little bit like in the early episodes, like something that someone would produce in their parents' basement. And uh, so <laughs> it, it had a like a homegrown feel to it. But then we spent some time at our Daily Bread Ministries. They were generous enough to allow us some time in their studio so we recorded a lot of those with the help of Bill, Bill Houston from our Daily Bread Ministries, who was our sound engineer. And, and we were hooked up to, you know, we had our phone connected to call to call the guests. And, and we had our, our our nice mics with the windscreens and the, the walls had all that weird padding on it. I mean, it was just it was really cool doing that there. And then after the pandemic, we just sort of used a software platform. So we're we're virtual. We're seeing each other, but we're not actually in the same room anymore. So, you know, it keeps coming up these two colleges, college university, that are not too far apart. And it's no secret, you've talked about it many times before, that they're rival institutions. Uh, one of the things that I appreciated when I worked with you and that I continue to see over the years is while you come from rival institutions, uh, your voices work really well together. I mean, at the heart of it, you you seem to have the same mission. Um, I'm curious how, you know, those those two oppo- opposing forces, should we call it, Hope and Calvin. But uh, how do you come together? And I want you to shoot me straight. Have you guys ever disagreed? Has there ever been a disagreement or perspective as you're interviewing people? Give me give me give me the scoop on that. <laughs> yes, that that golf is a sport. Brian wants to talk about golf. <laughs> ouch, and I don't. Ouch. Gosh. Well, you know, uh, golf is definitely a sport. Uh the Ryder Cup is is happening now. We're a lot of people are spending time uh, watching the Europeans beat up on the Americans today. Uh, but without a doubt, I think uh, we do come from very similar backgrounds and uh, have a, a similar perspective on what we're hoping to see in this integration back and forth. But not only have we uh, spoken together on this podcast, we've actually written together. And so when when you write together, you definitely see differences in the way uh, we think about certain topics, uh, but it's really been sharpening. So uh, in those in those moments where we've written pieces for Christianity Today or other outlets, uh, it's been really uh, helpful, and it's always helpful to have another voice, another uh, thought process kind of speak into it. And so in general, I think uh, we're often on the same page and where we're not, uh, we actually find a good way to get there uh, or we find a way to be able to both express where we're coming from without um, kind of stepping on each other. And I think that's what we want in this space. We want to be able to think about it uh, from very different perspectives. We've had people that are uh, non-Christians uh, on this podcast talking about faith and sport from an entirely different perspective. That's been helpful for us to be able to do that. Uh, but I, I think the fact that we share a faith and and the fundamentals of our faith are the same um, makes a big difference in this conversation. 
So all everything you've been talking about leans into some of the memories over the past couple years. Uh, what have been for you the most memorable, or maybe you you note a couple here memorable moments? Maybe it's a guest, maybe it's a topic that have come on the podcast. Share with us what really has stuck with you. So one of the one of the most mem I mean, all of our guests have been memorable. Like I, I could speak about each one and how fascinated I've been with their story and the work that they do and the, the lives that they're changing, the way that they're doing it. Um, one of the things that stands out for me is early on, we had Ryan Hall as a guest. Ryan Hall, who is the uh, American men's national record holder for the marathon, was an Olympian, professional runner for a while. He had written a book, and so his book publisher had gotten in touch with us asking if we'd have him on our podcast. We said yes, and so they gave us the phone number to call. So we're in the studio at Our Daily Bread Ministries, and we call the number, and no one answers. So Brian leaves a message, and then we call again just to see and, and leave another message. Um, this, is a, you know, this is a big deal here. We've got Ryan Hall, who's a professional athlete, well-known around the world, um, I've traveled 45 minutes to get there. You know, the last thing I want is for someone to to ghost us and not be able to record it that day. So we wait a few minutes longer. And um, eventually we we get a call from Ryan Hall, who is not at his house, which is the number we were given, was his home number in California. He was actually in New York City at the time for the New York City Marathon, doing some promotional work and supporting his wife, who's also an elite runner. So he called us back. And he said, hey, so sorry, that was my home number. My mom is at home with my kids and she heard your messages and reached out to me and said, oh, did you forget you've got this podcast right now? And he said, so I'm so sorry. So it was through Ryan Hall's mom, this professional athlete, well-known. It's through his mom that we actually got to record that, that one particular podcast episode, which is just you know a memorable story to get there. So that one sticks out to me. Um, Brian and I actually were, this wasn't a Sport Faith Life podcast episode, but we were guests on uh, Olympic medalist diver Laura Wilkinson's podcast. And the reason why that comes into my mind is because she was recording as the host of the show. She was sitting in her clothes closet while recording. And this is, a, a, this is an Olympian. This is an Olympic champion. And she's running a, a really well-known podcast coming out of her closet. And so for us thinking that it was like embarrassing to record in Brian's parents' basement, we weren't at least, we weren't sitting in a, a clothes closet, you know, but it was just funny to see how, how she did it. We learned a lot from that one. And I'll offer one more story. And that is uh, one that I think actually a lot of people got excited about was when we interviewed Sister Rita Claire Yochis. You remember her? Uh, formerly known as Ann Yochis. This is a, a woman who played professional football and then became a nun. And it was a fascinating conversation with her. Yeah, I'll jump in as well. I think uh, Chad is substantially younger than me and his memory actually works. And so that's great that he has <laughs> memories about the podcast. I had to actually scroll through and remind myself that uh, we had talked to all these people. Every time I do this, though, I, one of the things I do is is take it away and take it almost immediately out into my work. Since I'm coaching every day, uh, it's wonderful for me to hear the wisdom from our guests and be able to apply it. And so that's what I uh, remember. As I look back through our episodes, I tend to be drawn toward, uh, one, we, we get an opportunity to talk to international guests, which has been fantastic. Uh, 
that's been um, a way for us to make the world a little bit smaller and to, to connect in very interesting ways. And it's interesting to me how sport remains sport no matter where you go. Uh, that has been uh, incredibly helpful in terms of bridging the gap in, uh, in differences in cultures. Let's talk about sport and the issues are almost the same. Uh, I'll give you an example. Marcos Wittig uh, was a great guest for us, partially because just it's an inspiring story uh, and the restorative uh, aspects of sport kind of came out. I mean, he lived in a place where it was the number one sort of murder capital of the world. And uh, through the sport of soccer, uh, he was able to introduce a lot of young people to Christianity. And in that action, uh, just it continued to grow. And it, it had a really, uh, I think, strong effect on the young people of the community in such a way that it started to change murder rates, which is uh, just an amazing story. Uh, and he's run about 40,000 students for 40,000 young soccer players through this program. And so it's no small scale stuff. And it started basically with him and a team and baking cookies to, to uh, sort of fund it. So it's just an amazing story. Uh, Chad mentioned Tracy Hansen, uh, what she does with athletes and uh, giving them a voice, particularly athletes that have experienced abuse. So that, that has been, that was a powerful story to me. I tend to be drawn toward new ideas, uh, so that it's been fun to listen to people like Sarah Schnitger uh, out of uh, Baylor University, Brian Smith with Athletes in Action, um, when he, he talks about glory in an entirely different way, uh, which I really enjoyed, um, and Scott Kretschmar, way back when we talked to him about just, I think he has done more for understanding competition than any philosopher in sport has done. So those are those are interesting ones to me that I can recall pretty directly. And I just love doing our series. So uh, Chad and I did a series on uh, would Jesus play? And so we we said, would Jesus play soccer? Would Jesus play pickleball or basketball? Or would Jesus be a power lifter? It's been fun for us because we love all sports to try to dig into those. They're a little tongue in cheek, but we've loved those uh, opportunities just to talk about sport, to celebrate it, to unpack it, pick it apart. Uh, so a lot of memories. Yeah, lots of great memories. A uh, few minutes left. I want to hear from you guys. Where is this podcast going next? What can people get excited about coming up? So I think the general formula will continue as we go forward, mainly because we feel like it's part of our role to spread the word of what good people are doing in their, in their work. And so uh, we'll want to continue to have guests. Uh, those guests uh, bring new material to us all the time. And Chad and I just love to create the network of uh, opportunities. The, the Congress is linked now to Sport Faith Life in a way that um, has uh, some sustainability. So uh, there's a small group of us that think about the next location of the Congress. The Congress has been very successful in bringing people in from many countries. So we've had more than uh, 20 countries represented at all the conferences, and we're gonna continue to try to expand that. 20 is good, how about 40? We would love to uh, continue to bring in new ideas, new people to the Congress. And one way of doing that is continue to do this podcast and draw people in that are doing thinking about sport and faith in new ways. So with the Congress, I think I anticipate that we will, the next one is in uh, 
in the United States. It'll be in, at Baylor University, Truett Seminary. We'll, we'll sponsor that, and we're excited about that. Um, it's a couple of years away. We will begin to interview folks that will be keynote speakers at that conference. What's exciting add. to know? Yeah, go ahead, Chad. Yeah, I'll just add that I think what's been really fun over the last, really the last year or two specifically, is we've been getting more and more referrals from listeners and from those in the field, those who have been interviewed on the show to say, hey, this is a person you should think about, or this is a person that's doing great work. And so the future has, uh, in terms of guests, in some sense, that's set by the community more and more so now as people are, are making suggestions to us about who we need to talk to. So that's been a lot of fun. I assume that will continue as well. Well, it's exciting to know that there's lots of good content ahead. It all sounds great. So many of us will be looking forward to upcoming podcasts. But for now, thank you both for the time you put into this work and today for sharing more of your story on this 100th episode of Sport Faith Life. Thanks for tuning in to the Sport Faith Life podcast, conversation at the intersection of sport and faith. Read the corresponding blog post and learn more about us at sportfaithlife.com. Listen to more of our podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with everything sport, faith, life.